Well, if one good thing has come out of the coronavirus, it's that we're talking to each other more. Safe distancing being approved. I'm delighted this morning to be joined by Bert Taylor, Director and Team Principal of BTC Racing. Uh, Safe and well at home during this difficult time, I hope, Bert? Yeah, safe and well, taking it easy. I know a lot of people connected with the teams and the BTCC, and of course the fans have been hugely frustrated by the, the delay to the season. How have you been occupying yourself? For me, it's been sort of uh, building. Yeah, um, I knocked some of my house about, and I obviously during the season you don't get that much time. So at Christmas, I decided I'd do a bit of building work. I knocked the side out, and then it's sort of gone from there. So I've been very busy painting, decorating, and building. Do you know so many people have said that with all this enforced time at home, the list of DIY jobs that they've been handed by their other half has gone up exponentially. <laughs> Yes, I can. I can, I can imagine. Yeah, I can imagine. Well, I'm, I'm glad you're keeping safe and, uh, and occupied. Um, but hey, let's go back to um, to the beginning. Um, yeah. What's your first recollection of watching, hearing, you know, seeing something on four wheels making a noise going around a circuit, for example, that that lit the the little uh, blue touch paper for you? Well, obviously, for me, it goes back quite a while. I started with oval racing, so I went to watch a national hot rod race back in 76 77 to ipswich and i thought yeah it was interesting and i thought this might be something for the future you know i like i got in, i sort of got involved but i'd been racing myself on the grass previous to that from about 10 or 11 with my uh, nephew so i thought mm, one day maybe you know and then we went and watched again and then a friend of ours decided to do something else over racing which was super rods which was something that i took to i really enjoyed it and there were some fantastic drivers and we had some fantastic weekends and then i thought is it for me the racing or do i enjoy working on them and at that stage i enjoyed a bit of both because i was still doing some grass track racing and i was still doing some over racing i thought right i'm gonna have a go at super rod racing myself so i built a car and then that was it. I never stopped from there. The words hot rod and Ipswich aren't words you hear together very often nowadays, aren't they? It's not. It's not. But it's, 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 it's difficult, isn't it? Because everybody you talk to before, I know BTC is the pinnacle. I don't think there's anything in the world that matches the BTC. And for me, it was always something I wanted to do. But the oval racing, you you won't notice me, but I'm building a new car to go back over oval racing uh, with. Okay. <laughs> so, so apart from mm. doing the building work at home, sneakily in the garage, you've been working on, on a car. Tell me about it. What is it? What's it like? I'm building a VW Polo to go back to Speedworth with. Um, a friend of mine was world champion twice and I sort of sat down and we'd been talking about it and he comes racing with us. Me and Malcolm have been friends for a long time, 30 years plus. He comes to circuits with us now to watch and he brings his daughter along and we was talking about it and I said to Dean Wood at Speedworth if we were allowed, you know, because we, we can't commit to a full season of hot rod racing, it's too much. So we said, I said to him, would you allow us to bring a wild card? And he said, I'd have a think about it. Anyway, within a couple of weeks, he said yes. So beginning of last year, sort of towards the middle, we'd started building a car. And then during the year, it got more and more momentum until we got a complete car. 
and we boot a VW Polo. So that's where we're at. I bet that's putting a smile on your face, isn't it? Lots of hours, obviously, in the in the garage putting the thing together, but that must be putting a huge smile on your face. It is. It's something I've always wanted to to build our own cars. And at the end of the day, back in two thousand and whenever it was six or seven or eight, um, the years go so fast, don't they? <laughs> <laughs> don't, don't do they ever? Yes. I I, I wanted to. Um, we wanted to build a touring car, so we, we built a Chevrolet Cruze hatchback. And my son, Ben, who obviously you know works for the team, is yeah. engineer to Creasy. We put the Cruze hatchback together ourselves. So for me, we'd always built our own cars, and me and Ben obviously had done some racing ourselves. We bought a chassis from Springworth and built them. And then the Honda thing came along, so it was really an extension of us building the cars. Yeah. But the over-racing it gives you great a great feeling of achievement because you get very limited on the tyres. You've got to make the cars work at five or six different tracks. And one tyre a weekend is very difficult to keep those tyres without a tyre rotation. So you learn so much from it and you only get 20 minutes between the races. So for us, it's like coming to a BTC race, isn't it? You get an hour and you've got to put them back together. Yeah. <laughs> I, mean, I used to love the BTCC rounds at Rockingham. I know that some of the yes. fans weren't overly keen, but I loved that um, that round, particularly in front of the pit straight when they came flat out on the banked curve. It, I mean, it's sending the hairs up on the back of my neck now because it's they, yeah. that's the, the engines at full revs. You know, yeah. holding on next to that wall it's quite yeah. something wasn't it it it's is that rockingham's gone it is and you, again going back to rockingham my circuit racing sort of started prior to that i did formula ford i won the formula ford festival and then i went to ascar so i did the first ever champ car around there with ascar oh. with a guy called roland reinfeld he's a german lad yeah. By God, he was fast, yeah. He was fast. He was fast. And for us then to go back to Rockingham and win the last ever BTC race there with Chris Miley last year, yeah. it's incredible. It's incredible to think that we did that. That was an emotional day, wasn't it? I remember uh, in yeah. uh, Park Firm afterwards catching up with Chris, and he's uh, yeah. Chris is a, a lovely guy. He's, he's very modest, he but he was completely overcome and i remember the whole team were just it was just incredible to to watch yeah the the feeling for us as a team i think it's because there's so many of us that it feels like your own family well we spend more time with them don't we we spend eight or nine hours every day every week and then all weekends so for us it is it is our family you know we see them more than our yeah. family so for him and for us to start like we've done and the pressure we've been under and things that had happened was just incredible and the feeling it's something i'll never ever forget for sure i think on on every single pit wall of any race that i've ever been to watch you can spot the team owners and the team principals who used to race and really really wish they were back in the cars they're watching going <laughs> yeah no I, it's ironic because i uh, steve i don't i don't think about it i don't actually think about racing anymore the bigger part of it for me is to have watched the team that we've got together at work and watching them flourish to start with i don't know what i've got 26 people to get them people and we have got some some quality people at our place to get them together and to mold the team how they want it and to do it how we've done it in three years is incredible to see what they've done and even myself 
And although I'm part of it, it is a team. It is a proper team effort. Every single one of those people is driven by winning and racing. The wages, the rest of it, none of it, none of it counts. It doesn't count, Dave, honestly. Joe, interesting point. I think a lot of businesses could learn from the way that motor racing teams operate with that sense of purpose yeah. that, that you've just mentioned and particularly with good and it's often forgotten isn't it? we all think about the drivers and, and maybe the engineers but the, the team management you know there's yourself yeah. and obviously steve dudman yeah. you have to manage a tightly knit potentially yeah. volatile highly talented uh, uh you know it's like rocket fuel it's like trying to it juggle is. rocket fuel isn't it but it and a, a lot of businesses could learn uh, outside of motorsport could learn from what you do yeah, and I think also for me, as I said, I, I've I've got you only get don't you in any form of life five or six people that you can trust and you turn to, and it's usually they all say don't they five people on one on one hand, but at our place I have to say there's twelve of them there on a day to day basis that we treat like our own because you want success, and the only way to get success is to give them the freedom and the the to be able to breathe and to deliver for you. And if you look at the situation that we're currently in today, it puts it into perspective, doesn't it? You know, yes, they'd sir. still be going to work. They'd still be doing what they do with or without this. They wouldn't, it wouldn't stop them. And we had to stop them from coming in because they would have still been going in. I phoned them on a Sunday at three o'clock on a Saturday night at seven o'clock and they've still been in there working on them cars. Yeah. That, that says it all. It's it's not just a, there's that old saying, Bert, isn't it? If you find a job you like, you'll never work a day in your life ever again. <laughs> it's true, mate. Honestly, it's there's not a there's not a true word. Honestly, you cannot believe the the effort that goes into it. From was the BTCC always the the end goal, the asp the big aspiration for you, Bert? Was it the end goal? No. It's a difficult question because it was never on my radar because it was always, it always felt too far away. Do you mean financially too far away? Yeah, financially and the manufacturers thing. Yeah. I, I always felt that I love GT racing and I love oval racing. We always felt that we you bought a customer car and you could compete. And I always felt that that was something that not... You, you weren't. No, it's not disadvantage, but you, you was never going to be in the in the the A League in the BTCC. That was my always my thought to it. And then we did Le Mans. Me and Chris Stockton did Le Mans in two thousand and three, say. And we came home from that, and we were sort of talking about what and how we'd really enjoyed it. But it was such a hard slog to get there, and the cost was just phenomenal. So I said to him one Saturday, what do you want to do? And he said to me, we're going to do BTCC. And I thought, oh, my God, no. Because <laughs> that said, conversation was coming, yeah, wasn't it? It was, it was always coming, and I could see that. And I always rated him very highly, and I still do. And he's, and he's still one of the five people on that hand that you can count I could ring up today's Chris. So he rang me up and said, look, I've got a cut of cars. I want to go and have a look at them. I said, sure. I didn't say anymore. I just said, yeah, sure. And it was a Sunday. I'll never forget it. He said, are they in your neck of the woods? Because Chris lives in Cheshire. So I said, right. He said, I'll be with you for half six. Now it's three and a half hours from his house. I thought, oh, God, he means it. 
Everybody turns up, it goes down to, it was Ian Curley's, and we went down to Ian Curley's, there was his Lexus's. So he turns up, we walked in the garage, everything was there, two cars, he said, we're having, I said, but we haven't agreed anything, he said, don't mind taking them home. He said, get the truck, come back on Thursday, he said, we just need to put it in place. And that's that was, just, it literally took... Dave Alder said to me, does he want them? And I said, does he want them? I don't think we'll leave the garage without buying them. So we've got no problem now. Anyway, we agreed to deal and we bought them there and then. And took them home and stripped them. Absolutely took them to bits, took everything off them. And again, rebuilt them and away we went. So it was never my goal to, to do BTC. It was always something that I thought was out of, out of reach, really, Steve. I mean, the BTCC is the pinnacle of tin top motorsport in the UK, yeah. and I suspect there's a lot of people, even even over the other you know, series and the world uh, touring car series, they all watch the BTCC yeah. because the teams are fantastic, the circuits yeah. are, are, are brilliant, as we know. Yeah. But the drivers and the spectacle is, and, and the racing particularly, is yeah. just consistently so good. Yeah, and, and, and I think what turns on to it, we did... So going back to the Lexus, we did the Lexus and that failed dismally. We had a load of aggravation with the engines. We then went to Seat. We bought two Seats from Motorbase and they changed the engine and went to diesel in the same season. And that really ruined that whole perspective of us competing. We, I think we got on pole or on the front row. I can't remember what happened at Silverstone, uh, no, Donington. And we got a puncher on the outlap. And we didn't start the race, but we led in the Lexus, we led in the Seat. And I always said to Chris after that, it sort of revolved back to the first question about, did I ever want to do it? It was no. And he said to me, right, we're going to do it again. We're going to buy a Leon, I think it was. And I said, no, we're not. We couldn't put ourselves through it anymore. So he said to me, okay. And then Alan sort of had said to me about the turbo thing, because we were sponsored by Owens. We had a chat about it, and I said, look, I think it'd be great. I think it's the only way. The engines are so expensive. And then he said, okay. And then we make another mistake. <laughs> Learning from them is the key, though, isn't it? That's the thing. It is. keep bouncing back. So we, we got it wrong last time. We're not going to get it right. We're not going to make the same mistakes. We'll make new mistakes. Yeah, <laughs> no, it, it is that. And people, I think for, for BTC, what people don't realise is how long we've actually been doing this and what we've done. You know, we, we've done Formula Ford, we've done uh, FIA GT4, FIA GT3, we've been to Le Mans, we've been to Sebring, we've done all of Europe racing, we've done a lot of racing and we've been at the, the, the front of it. But when we came to this, it was like, I don't know, we just we couldn't get ourselves off the back row. We just didn't. I, I, well, I always knew that it was a manufacturer's thing. And then when Alan said about this NGT, I just I said to Chris, look, if we're ever going to have a go, let's have a go now. That's what we did. We built Chevy and we turn up. We choose RML and the engines fell to bits everywhere again. So again, another mistake on the engine front on our, on our own behalf. So that wrecked the whole season. The list is impressive of uh, achievements, Bill. I guess you've got a, a pretty well-stocked trophy cabinet at home, haven't you? Um, I've got none of the trophies from any of the racing. I never looked back on them. I've got none. <laughs> not one. I think that, that's not true. I've got one. I've got. I've actually got one from my TVR championship winning year, 
Oh, right. Which is a first place from Steve Goody Army, and I've got one second place from Ian Flux, his Snetterton Endeavour with Ian in the Tuscan, and I've got one first place of, of uh, Steve's, and I've got one of Ben's final win oval racing trophies, and that, that's it. But you've got the memories. I've got the memories, yeah, and I've had a fantastic time. I always say to my wife, if it's stopped tomorrow, Steve, I've had a fantastic time. I'm not bothered what box I have. It can be plastic bags because I've, <laughs> I've had a great time. So This is the, always the, the worst question to ask, and that's if you had to pick one achievement, one win. Oh, no, yeah, yeah, one win or one achievement that stands out most, which is the, you know, the, the thing that you remember most that brings the biggest smile to your face. What would you say it was? Um, poor. It's a difficult one because I've got so many. I've got so many things. If I, if I, if you had a, a a list of them, I'd say that perhaps finishing at Sebring to get to Le Mans was something that I'll never forget. Chris Stockton drove eight and a half hours of the race, and when he got out, he had fatigue. His arms was hurting. He couldn't move his feet. And I look back on that and I think, wow, you know, what an achievement for us as a team. The TVR was never rated of going there. It finishes at Le Mans, but that that was that was something I'll never forget. But again, I've got another feeling or a lot of a lot of feelings for my oval racing, as I've said in the beginning, because me and Ian McKellar won when he was only sixteen, so he was the youngest ever Opera World Champion, and that that's something I'll you know again it it's. It means a lot. It means a lot yeah. to me. But again, and then I went, I, I, I leave that and go circuit racing, do the TVR thing, and then I win two championships back to back. And again, they were fantastic times. And it, there was 56 cars at some of them races with top professional drivers, you know, Martin Shorty and Flux, McKellar. There was some... There were some superstars then. Yeah, there were some fantastic drivers. And I look back on that and I think, wow, you know, to win two championships, the first team ever to do it was mm. was something really special. But then I look at the BTC thing and look how hard it is for you to even win. If you look back over the team, some teams never ever win a race. They come and go. And some people win one race and they're lucky or however they get to it. But if you look at us, we've been very fortunate. I think Dan's win at Croft set us on the road. Yeah. But I think Chris's one at Rockingham was was probably the, the the biggest achievement for me personally. But then I look at Josh's win in the car at um, Brands and Thruxton. Thruxton's probably the one for Josh because it broke a spring. We didn't have any spare springs of the spring that we were using. We had to borrow a set of springs. We then swap them around from Chris's car to Josh's car, and then Josh goes and wins. So I think probably the Chris and Josh thing are the highlights. Yeah. Which one? I'm not sure. <laughs> I'm not sure. But I've had some great times, as I said. Yeah. So let's just come up to date. Obviously, season's been delayed. We're hoping we're going to uh, uh, get going again in August, um, yeah. which has left a, a big hole in the uh, in the lives of everybody connected with uh, with motorsport, and particularly the BTCC. Um, yeah. 
how are you and the team keeping in touch and overcoming the issues and making sure that when the you know it is time to go racing again, you are fully ready? Well, I speak to the drivers most days, so just really to keep in touch with what and how and what they see. We've got some bits that we want to try, so we've got some testing that we'd like to do before it started, but that doesn't look like it'll happen now unless they run the tyre test, so that's sort of one of the things. Just generally, we're ready to go. We've been ready since Christmas, really, since we signed the drivers, and we're ready to go. There wouldn't be a lot. If you said we had to go back for, I don't know, three or four days, it wouldn't need any more, and that would be probably to load the trucks and put the cars in, really. Talking of the drivers, um, a cracking, strong lineup uh, with the yeah. three that you've got. Each have different styles, uh, each have yeah. different strengths, and presumably, yeah. although yeah. nobody's ever going to tell us what they are, <laughs> each have uh, perhaps uh, areas they could improve upon or, or weaknesses, as we used to call them. But it makes yeah. for an eclectic, strong team entry, uh, doesn't it, Bert? It does, yeah. I think if we started the opposite way around and we took Michael Crease first, I think if you look at Michael Crease and what he's done in three years, it's absolutely phenomenal. I don't think anybody would disagree with that. He's gone from not even racing to winning two championships and getting into a BTC car. I took him to Spain, and of all the people that I've ever done it with, he shocked me absolutely shocked me he got in it as though he'd been with us all his life and i've known michael for two or three years and i said to him look you need to get experience you need to go away and find out a bit of self-belief and a bit of you can do this get yourself in a car get on the grid and then come back in a couple of years time let's have a chat and then at christmas it was looking like he weren't going to do it we got offered a third car and then the rest of history, as you know, we've we've signed him, mm. and he got in here, and he and he just he drove it brilliantly. He really did. He will be. He will be. I'm not saying it will be tomorrow or the first weekend, but I think by the end of the season, in two years' time, you're going to see a real a real star. You know, I think mm. he'll go places if he can just adapt to it and take yeah. to the, the 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 structure that we have. You know, because we're differently structured. It's about racing and winning for us, as you know. Um, so, yeah, that's Michael. And then Josh is, again, very different for us. We've known Josh from day one of his BTC career. Powermax was BTC racing. We sold the car. So Josh then got the drive. I then went to Snetterton with Josh to make sure. And then he started. I'd known Josh right from day one. And he driven our cars because they were our cars that they had, but he used. And I think he almost won, didn't he, in his second race or third race at Donington Park. So that was really, I think that cemented the thing for me with him. And then he had a really rough year. I don't know if it was last year or the year before, when everybody sort of turned against him and it felt like he was, I don't know, it just, it didn't, I didn't feel comfortable with it for him. So I decided then we'd sit and have a chat and then he said, look, it's all over for me, blah, blah, blah. And I said, look, come along. Let's meet up. We met up at Allwaysport and I said, right, I want you to come and race for us. And that was it. We signed him. And I always felt, and I still believe today, he will be a champion at some stage in this. I think he will be a champion. So that sort of cemented that relationship and we've been friends and my son had run him and he knew him inside out, so he was perfect, and he fits in. Well, he's like his own team because he was a Triple Eight, and all the boys are from Triple Eight or IML. 
So he fits in perfectly. He's been there since the incarnation at the beginning. And then Tom, it's a different story because Tom came to me at the beginning of the year last year uh, and we spoke about it and he was sort of like, you know, he was settled where he was and he was looking and he said to me, look, if I wanted to change, blah, blah, blah. And then I think it was uh, Knock Hill last year, he came to me, we went and had a chat and he's a born racer. He has got the drive, he has got the tools in the toolbox and I do believe that this could be his season if he comes out of the box with all guns blazing. I really do. I think both of them have a massive chance of being right at the forefront of it. We've been fourth. We know how to win races now. We know how to to finish the championship. And I think with him and the experience and the teams that he's been to, Tom Chilton has been a massive part of this build up this year. I think he he'll be he'll be he'll, he'll be there or thereabouts. That's for sure. What a great view of a of a fantastic team. Your your aspirations, them you know, for this coming season when it finally gets underway, I guess must be quite high. But you're going into this with with some really good hopes of of success. Yeah. Um, again, it's when we don't look at it like that. It's not the philosophy for BTC. We've got all the ingredients. And whatever the outcome of it won't be because it's been a lack of effort on, on the team side or the driver side. And the BTC is a bit of luck. You need a bit of luck at some stage in it. If you take the top three teams or even the top two, West Surrey and Dynamics, they finish every weekend. Mm. They've got two fantastic drivers in Camish and Neil and West Surrey have got probably the best driver on the grid in Colin Turkington. But it isn't just them. It's the criteria of this is the people, and they have the right people. And I think we've built we've built ourselves the right people, and I think we can do it. Do I think we can do it this year? I think we're in with a chance. Would I back myself to win it? Yeah, we, I would. I, I think we can do it. I think Dynamics have done a fantastic job with the cars, and Dynamics have been one of those partners. I've realised now, unless you get the right partners, it's very difficult to do. But I think this year, with what Dynamics have done and the cars and the engines from Neil Brown, I think I think everything's there. I know BMW and WSR have, have proved the uh, the worth of the BMW bringing that yeah. back in. But the Hondas, the Civics, have been consistent, haven't they? They have, yeah. And And if you look at Team Dynamics... We, I don't know what we won, three races last year, and we, we won more races than them. But that just goes to show what they do for their customers. You know, people say, well, Honda didn't win. Well, they did because they're our partners and they're their cars. We're only the custodians of them. Yes, we build them and we change them and we alter them, but they, they're their babies. There's no doubt about that. Matt and Barry gave me the opportunity of a lifetime to join them, and you know, I'll be forever thankful for that because we couldn't do it. If you look at Josh, he always wanted to drive one. If you look at Tom, he always wanted to be in Honda. There's only two seats at Honda. So what do you have? You have another team, don't you? And if you look what Barry and Matt have done 
I, I, I don't think they've been gentlemen for the whole thing. They've brought us something that you can't go and buy off the shelf and they've given us it. Is it the case that you can afford yourself a little bit of a luxury to look um, you know, two or three years ahead and even, you know, five or ten years ahead? Or, or is that just not feasible in, in motorsport? I don't think in today's climate, and not just because what's happened, I don't think in today's climate you can think any more than the season that you're in today. I think you try to put down the foundations and you try to get people that come and join you. But if you look at my partner's technical They've been with me from day one. They don't leave, you know, they stay forever. And I think the Dublin group joining at the time when it did gave us more stability. But the team was already going, you know. We didn't, it needed, it needed looking after on a commercial side, not on a racing side. I think the racing was always part of our remit. Doing the paperwork was always difficult, but again, I think most teams would admit to that. Now, you won't mind me saying, but you've been around for a few years in this game, but mm. you've lost none of the passion for it, have you? No, no, for sure, for sure. I enjoy it. I enjoy, as I've said in the early part of the interview, watching what we do and watching the people that we've brought on. And I think that's an important part of it. I don't think there's one over 30 in that team. And I think if you take that and you add that to the next four or five years and you look what they've done in three years, they've done a fantastic job. And I think if they get the momentum to keep doing what they're doing, I think they're going to be they're going to be forced to be reckoned with. That's for sure. But it's been an absolute pleasure to catch up with you. Thank you so much for for sharing those thoughts uh, and experiences, and in fact the the view in the crystal ball as well. Real pleasure. So please do stay safe between now and uh, racing starting again, and we'll look forward to catching up with you very very soon on a race circuit, which will be great news. <laughs> it will, and I'd just like to thank everybody that supported us, all the fans, thank our drivers, sponsors, and the course all our technical partners for everything they've done and keeping the faith and i want everybody to uh, stay safe thanks steve great to talk to you